podcasting from Northwest Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Gen Extra Podcast, a show about Generation X, movies, technology, weird news, and anything else they feel like. Join them every Monday morning. Now, here's your hosts, Dave and Joe. Welcome back to the show. Indeed. Here we are again. Yeah, so if you're uh, if you're new to the show, thanks for checking us out. Long-time listener, welcome back. So, Joe, what the hell are we doing in this episode? Well, I think we're going to bring back, we're going to kick it off with some media recommendations. I don't think we've done, I don't think we've done media recommendations for a while because, uh, well, we're busy with the holidays. I haven't been watching as many things recently, but I did get into something that I'll talk about in a little bit. I think you had a couple yourself. I do. Yeah. And actually one of mine is going to segue into uh, probably the the second half of the entire show, uh, which is, uh, I'll get to in a second. Um, so let's, uh, I'll start with my first recommendation, then I'll have you do yours. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, but yeah, so I feel like we're just jumping right into this. Usually we have like more banter in the beginning. It's like no banter. We're done with <laughs> yes. banter. We're just no chit-chatties. Right <laughs> Bring the steak over to the table. I'm eating it right now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, I guess, uh, you know, I could talk about the week in between us getting back from the cruise until now. You know what I've been up to? Joe? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. nothing. I've, been, nothing? I've been working, but, uh, man, I tell you what, it was like, <sighs> Carrie and I were the same way. Like, I think after being on a boat, and just surrounded by human beings for that yeah. long, I needed to go through like a uh, like a detox of human a, a beings. Pe- people, de- yeah, people detox. I yeah. mean, and you you guys already have the perfect place in which to do that because you live in quote unquote the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Dude, it's been great. Like, <laughs> we've literally just been like hermits. I've spent like you know a lot of my time working uh, out my studio. She's been in the house, and yeah. not that we're like avoiding each other, but it's just been nice. Like that's one thing you miss on vacations especially one like we just took yeah it's like you're like me time like a little alone time you don't get that and you you don't realize how much you really value just that that break that downtime and do you ever go through that you kind of feel the same way oh yeah i mean when i can tell you when we come back from vacation you know it's especially if we go to some place like you said that that is you're you're constantly around other people it is just like you. It takes five to seven days just to just to reset, and just be like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. I just want to work on my house or play some video games or watch a movie or something. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, which actually was, uh, which is why we're about to get into some media because I watched a couple things. Uh, yeah. During this this uh, break, and the first thing that uh, I watched when I got back, uh, because I saw that it came out while I was on on vacation. Uh, it's on HBO Max. It's actually a show based on a video game, but don't let yes, that de- it is. don't let it deter you because it you don't have to see the game or you don't have to play the game to be able to appreciate the show. Uh, it's called The Last of Us. I played this game and I know you did too. It's based on it's like a post-apocalyptic kind of a yeah, uh, uh, you know, virus or whatever it is turns people into zombies. I think the thing has been played out a lot. Like there's a lot of different movies like that. Yeah, you're right. It's a very it's a very common theme in video game and media um video media entertainment but to 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 i think the points you're going to make i think there's definitely this one is one to pay attention to right 
it is. It's really good. It's really well done. And like I said, not playing the game won't uh, hinder you from understanding, you know, what this is about. Because they do a really good job explaining. Uh, I think when they make these, you know, adaptations uh, from, you know, video games to movies, they they don't want to limit their audience. Right. So they really take that in consideration that that most people may not have ever played this. So, so like I said, they do a great job of explaining everything. You're not going to be lost. But the premise of the show is there was a uh, there, there was like a fungal issue, a fungal outbreak that uh, basically turned people into uh, zombies. And they kind of and I don't know. I'm not going to spoil much uh, because you kind of learn this in the very like very, you learn it in the yeah near the beginning. But there's like a I think in like the bee world there's there's a fungus that like takes over like a wasp and basically turns it into its own little zombie and and but it was never able to transfer it to human beings but in the in this show in this fictitious world it does so uh the the fungus starts to overtake human beings and turns them into like raging zombies yeah that's not the i think what what's interesting about it is it's not like the traditional zombie which is just you know a, a, like an, a a reanimated undead body yeah. right it's it's more of a um they they try to give it more of a scientific explanation which, which i think really, is a which is a which is a nice way to go about not, nice maybe it's not the right term it's a interesting way to go about it that kind of gives it a little more backbone so to speak than some of the other explanations it does make it pretty interesting but if you did play the game then you know that should I even say like what the main part of the show is? So I don't want to spoil it. Do I, should I spoil it? I think people should, I, I, I mean, I think people should kind of, I think the opening of the show is really important to understanding the drive of the characters. So maybe, maybe speak around it. Yeah. Let's just say that, uh, there may be a character that isn't affected by the right, fun, there you yeah, there you go. Right, right. So the so the first right so the first season, first season, first few sh- episodes, kind of focus on that on that fact, right? Yeah, yeah. So they uh, they have a task at hand uh, with this uh, with this person, and uh, again, I I don't want to spoil the show because if you if you really haven't ever played the game or don't even know what it is, th- this could all be exciting to you know to, to see as it unfolds. So I guess I'm going to leave it at that. So if you like those like post-apocalyptic zombie shows, I think you will absolutely love the show. So check it out. It's uh, The Last of Us on HBO Max. The other small plug that I'll throw in there is that this is not, like if you go to actually look at the critic reviews of this thing, it's not just a bunch of gamers, quote unquote, bombarding like message boards with this game is amazing. It actually has genuinely received multiple critic positive reviews. So I, yeah, um, I have not, I've actually only played, uh, I've actually only played the game. Uh, I have not seen the show yet. I was kind of waiting for everything to be done, but I would, I would second your recommendation. Yeah. Actually, I got a recommendation from my friend Jackie, uh, who oh, I, yeah? I know has not played this game. And, 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 oh, so she saw it too. Yeah. She started watching it. She's like, just in case you guys were looking for a good show, it's like, check this out. I'm like, oh, see, I'm like a okay, non gamer recommended this. Right. See, this is in this. So this is not just. Because I think what happens is sometimes you get you get video game adaptations as they get bombarded by certain people who are looking to put a positive spin on a show. And maybe maybe critically it's good or bad, who knows. But in this case, 
I think it's a safe bet if you like that kind of genre. Yeah. No, you'll like it. Yeah. Again, like you said, if you like that genre, but no, I, I think it's fantastic. And I can't wait to see the next, uh, next episode. Uh, so what, what's your uh, media recommendation? Am I going to like it? I think I, I genuinely think you would. Oh, okay. Uh, but because it's very different than everything else in this, uh, in this franchise. So uh, on Disney plus right now, you can get caught up on the new, uh, on the new series called Andor and Andor falls within the star Wars franchise and it takes place the story itself takes place before it's actually it goes way back to to the original timeline uh, episodes four five and six but it takes place before episode four and before it also takes place before the uh rogue one rogue one the other movie was released and it features one of the main characters from rogue one his name was cassian andor I was going to so ask it, that. I thought Andor was maybe like a place. So it's a person. Okay. It's a person. Yes. So it features or it it uh, it highlights the chronicles, the adventures, the whatever of Andor's rise against the Empire. You know, to kind of to kind of ballpark what the what the show is about. But what sets Andor apart is, and I, I think I've said this on the show before. Relatively disappointed with Disney's handling of of Star Wars. Episodes uh, seven, nine, or what was it? Four, five, and six, seven, eight, nine. Yes. Episodes seven, eight, nine mm -hmm. um, critically did not land for me. Right. Uh, they, the, between, between the, between the sloppily written plot lines and everything and the, and the, the bad, the, the, the jumps in characterization, how characters would act or be different between, between every movie and the inconsistent theme or arc over the entire over the entire new trilogy, very disappointing to me. However, before in the middle of that trilogy, they came out with Rogue One, and Rogue One is pretty darn good. That was I one think. with the I mean, with the female lead, right? Yes, that was the one with um, Jin. Her name in the movie was Jin Erso, and they have to steal the plans for the Death Star. Yes, and I actually really like that movie. It's it's good. It's a really good for for lack of a better term. It's a really good Star Warsy action flick. It was, like, yeah. And I'm not a huge fan of like many of the uh, star wars films that have come out uh but that was uh that was one of my one of the ones i did like so they took they took the character that kind of that one of the main central characters of that movie and they gave him a prequel so to speak and his mm -hmm. name's cassie andor and holy crap is it really good I, I was not prepared for this because i have i had recently watched uh, disney's prequel of obi-wan where they, they showed what he was doing on Tatooine the whole time. Disappointed in that as well, too. But I, so I was not prepared for Andor at all. I think it, and, I, and, I, and I'm not saying this lightly, I think it is one of the best things to come out of the Star Wars franchise since the transfer to Disney. It, it lacks all of the, of the silly slapstick, okay. uh, what I'll say, dumb characterization that has come in everything that Disney has done. The characters are 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 deep and interesting, and they have nuance to them. the The bad guys, quote unquote, are all the same way. They're given proper motivations. They're not. They don't have silly one liners. They don't. Um, they don't. They're just not. You know, most of them aren't just. You know, the Empire is always quote unquote bad, but most of the bad guys are represented as kind of like as competent individuals who are there to do their job as the empire right so it's just it's just this thrilling almost kind of almost kind of like a spy narrative okay. to it 
where it's it's a little bit of a, I'll warn you, it's a little bit of a slow burn. That's okay. I like slow burn. Where they kind of introduce the characters and get you ramped up to the universe. Because remember, this is the period of time where the Empire was coming into power and the rebellion isn't really formed yet. So they have to like draw from all of all of the sequence of events that are occurring at that time to so try to get to get you into what's going on in the universe at that time. And yeah, like I said, unbelievable, at least in comparison to everything that has come out of Disney Star Wars. I was not prepared for this. I highly recommend it. It is, and I say this knowing what this sounds like comparison to what Disney has produced, but in terms of current Star Wars stuff, mm -hmm. if you like Star Wars stuff, it is a must watch. What about for the people that aren't big in the Star Wars? Like, because, okay, if I haven't seen everything that's come out in the past five, 10 years, because it's such a pre-prequel, it, would it still be enjoyable for somebody who maybe has seen, maybe somebody that's only seen the originals from the 70s? Like, do you think you they know, can still enjoy because it? because of the place this is in the timeline. That's what I'm wondering. And you could, you could completely ignore everything that else that, that has come out. Really, you could, you could ignore everything that has come out for, from episodes four, five, and six, which is the original movies. Right. Or everything that's come out after, whether it's the prequels or the sequels. And you could watch this and you could be, uh, you could be, you could find the, the characterizations, the universe, the way it's presented interesting because you'll understand where they're at in the timeline. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that point up because if you're not, if you haven't seen any of the follow-up stuff that Disney has done, it doesn't matter per se, because this occurs at a time when if you like the original Star Wars, you'll enjoy this as well. Okay. You have my interest. I may actually check this out and I don't normally do much Star Wars stuff, but it sounds pretty interesting. So you may have sold me on it, Joe. All right. Well, you know what? It'll it, just like just like with the Game of Thrones stuff. It'll be it'll be nice to get a second opinion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I will too. I'll give you my opinion. All right. I'm ready. <laughs> like this stinks. Um, Why did you recommend this to me? <laughs> no, I'm hoping it's actually really good. I'm looking always looking for another good show to watch. So yeah, I guess so. I have one more, uh, one more media recommendation. I actually have a I have a media not recommendation too. I just thought mm. of it. Shoot. Yeah, we don't do those very often. I'll do that one right now. Uh, so if you, you know, if you're in, you know, in our age range, you know, in early forties, uh, you probably, probably in your, uh, uh, I think it was, I want to say it was like, like 99, maybe, uh, there was a movie that came out called Jeepers Creepers. Do you remember this movie? I do remember it, but I, I don't think I ever saw it. Well, there's been, I mean, it's a good like horror flick, you know, kind of a jump scary mm -hmm. kind of thing. And they, and they came out with two more after that. Uh, which progressively did get kind of worse. Uh, the first one really was the best one. It, it had uh, Justin uh, Justin Long in it. It was really good. Mm -hmm. uh, but they did come out with another one called Jeepers Creepers Reborn. And it came out like not that long ago, like within the past, like probably six months. Okay. And it showed up on, on my uh, uh, deals of the day to rent for 99 cents. Okay. I'm like, all right. Like, I like the first one. Let's check this one out. Well, it was a giant raging oh, no. pile of Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I, I had a feeling. I had a bad feeling it was headed this way. It was that's so stuff, bad. It, it, that, stuff never, that stuff never works out. They just grab the name and they re-release something else, and it's always terrible. Oh, dude, it was so bad. I was, I was, I was watching it, and uh, 
Carrie like kind of popped in. She's like, what are you watching? I'm like, Jeepers, Creepers, Reborn. <laughs> so it looks really bad. I'm like, it is. I was like, why are, you still, <laughs> why are you still watching it? I was like, well, I'm committed at this point. I have to see it through. Because it's so bad. I have to so bad. talk yeah. about it now, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was not good. Uh, just everything about it. I, I don't want to get into it for 10 minutes because I could. But uh, I would say if you like a movie based on it being done so poorly, check it out. <laughs> yeah, you're really selling me on this one. Yeah, you may enjoy it. But the uh, the other recommendation I thought of while you were talking about Andor uh, is also on Disney Plus. This was not okay. in my original recommendations. Um, oh, so this is just so this is fresh right now. You're coming up fresh. With. Yeah, because I've been watching right. it for like several weeks, and it's the uh, it's the spinoff of National Treasure the movies. I'm assuming you've seen those because I think everybody has. Yes, like I have the, seen the, them. The Nick Cage movies. Uh, those are fantastic. And I've been anxiously like waiting for a third one from them, but they haven't really ever announced anything. No, because they only did two. There is only two in the mainline series, right? Yeah, both really, really good movies. Okay. Uh, but then I saw on Disney Plus, there was a National Treasure. Uh, I can't remember what the, like, what the whole thing's called, but uh, just look up National Treasure. You'll see it's a series. Yep. But it's uh, the main, it's like, it's like a, teenager maybe like early 20s uh yeah like it's it's based around these kids uh and, and like i always love a good like you know kid driven movie like goonies uh super eight so mm -hmm. uh, they're always just fun they're not just fun to me but the uh they they are after like a, a another you know national treasure of some kind of course something that's still hidden that nobody noticed yet right always yeah so uh, if you, if you enjoy the, uh, the treasure hunt, you know, the, the puzzle solving, you know, kind of aspects of those, those movies, then you'll probably really enjoy the series. So there you go. Check it out. You'll like it. All right. So let's move on to, uh, the last media recommendation. And I don't know if you've actually even started watching this. It is, uh, it's kind of been taken over the, the pop culture here, uh, the world in, in movies and, and shows. And it's the, uh, the third spinoff of i guess it'd be the second spinoff but third version of or timeline of yellowstone the the show and it's called 1923 oh yes yes uh you have you seen any of it i have not seen any of it yet but i know it's getting pretty good reviews if i recall correctly it is yeah and we've been recommended you know by numerous people like oh my gosh have you seen it yet and the one before it was uh was 1893 i think it was and that one that was excellent too if you haven't seen it uh that was kind of based you know sort of loosely around the uh um like the or the oregon trail i think it was uh but it was a fantastic show but anyway i'm not gonna get into that one yeah uh but with 1923 again if you i don't want to get i actually don't want to get too deep into the show because i i've only seen uh, like three episodes so far that are out three or four uh all i will say is Watch it if you are a fan of Yellowstone, but you don't need to be a fan of Yellowstone. It's just, it's such a good show. I messaged you about this and I said, because it's so popular right now. Yeah. And it just so happens to be a hundred years ago. I know, this, right? That this show is based on. We should talk about what was going on in 1923. Well, there was a lot going on. Because I mean... <laughs> It was a hundred years ago, but it was a it was a busy year. Now that 
uh, you know, now that we've done a little bit of research. Yeah. I mean, it was only a hundred years ago. And so we, uh, we may have had a little help from, uh, uh, what's that, what's that program called again? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Chat. So yeah, bringing something up from the previous episode, we used a little bit of AI, a little we bit did. of chat GPT <laughs> yeah, we did. to help you us did. with, uh, to help us with our, um, little history lesson that we're about to take you through today for 1923. Yes. So I, uh, with that said, Joe, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to kind of segue, I'm going to, I'm going to intro into this, uh, this segment here. All right. Um, with a little music. Here we go. Let me, uh, let me put the record on here. I'm going to wind this thing up a little bit. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our podcast, where we delve into the exciting and tumultuous decade that was the 1920s, a time of great change, when jazz music and agriculture were all the rage, and the world was still recovering from the Great War. Join us as we explore the politics, fashion, and societal shifts that defined the Roaring Twenties. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Jolly <laughs> good old chap. <laughs> Yeah, so we have this. Uh, we actually have this uh, broken up a little bit here. So again, we're going to be talking about uh, what in the world was going on in 1923. Yeah, I mean, I, we probably won't be able to cover all of 1923 in the next 40 or so minutes. But you know, you'll you'll walk away from today's podcast feeling like you really understand 1923. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Uh, yeah, so start us out, man. Like, so we have uh, we have some period. Uh, Period. Period specific phrases. Yes, period phrases. phrases. Uh, and then we have uh, just some just some events that may have took place and some yep. fun facts. Yep. Yeah, some fun facts. Yeah. So here we go. Why don't you start us out with some of these uh, some of these phrases? Can you do them in your 1920s voice? I can. <laughs> <laughs> Talk like it's 1923. You can use words and phrases that were commonly used during that time period. Some examples include. So we got we have dear boy girl so you know like you, you hear this a lot in the movies like dear boy go fetch me that paper over there yeah there you go right yeah or, or, <laughs> go fetch me a pail of water <laughs> that's like yeah that's terrible <laughs> dear boy run down to the local store and grab me a pot of i don't know a pot of something <laughs> some elixir <laughs> yes bring me one of the magic elixirs i have a headache <laughs> You don't have to do them all in 1920s. I, I know, I know, because I, I can do it forever. <laughs> and I try so to sound stupid. We have, I say, like, I think, you know, like, I say that'd be a good idea, right? Something along those lines. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. This next one is a little strange. You want to say it? Yeah, what ho? What, what? ho? Wait. What ho? Exclamation point? That's the thing? What's I it? guess. Here, I mean, yeah, I, I it, it has to mean something from 1923 yeah well i'm not sure if we're saying it in the right like kind of uh oh it's right an cadence. exclamation or a greeting or summons oh like uh wait uh kind of like hello really yeah so so you're like waving you're like what ho i i think so i guess that sounds weird i mean i'm glad that one didn't make it <laughs> i know i'm glad that one like died out shortly after uh the next one is uh jolly good like a jolly good time yeah yeah, and that's followed up with old chap, right? Yeah. Jolly good old chap. Yeah, I guess old chap would just be like, you know, dude back then maybe. Or, you know, buddy. Oh, for sure. Pal. For sure. I, I think chap is just the 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 roaring twenties version of dude or pal. Yeah. Like what ho, old chap. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. You you could say that. Yeah. You could say that too. That's I mean, we're learning quickly here. We are. Yeah, soon enough, Joe. 
we could go back in time and fit right in the 1920s. I think we could. Uh, the cat's whiskers, meaning something is great or the best. This sounds like a, like a Gen Z War of the Day kind of segment. It's like, what, what generation was that? <laughs> a. Gen A, a words of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe that's when we started the lettering, right? Was the 1920s. Maybe, yeah. maybe around the 1900s. Maybe, maybe by this point we're up to like Gen B. Gen B, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the bee's knees. It's the same, right? It's the cat's whiskers or the bee's knees, the bee's right? Bee's knees. Actually, in that show in, in 1923, yeah, uh, they were in a they were in like a little pub, a bar, like an underground bar. And uh, wait, was the uh, was the prohibition happening yet? I don't remember. No, uh, no. Uh, I don't remember. I have to look that up. It's like around that time period. But uh, the bee's knees. They ordered a. Yes. Oh, by the way, it was. Yes, okay. they did. Uh, the bee's knees was a drink that somebody ordered. Uh, okay. So, but it was like a it was like a bougie drink. Getting the bee's knees. I don't know if that was the name of the drink in the show, or if because it was like like a really good like bougie drink, they just called it the bee's knees. It's definitely a chicken and egg problem, right? It is. Is is the is the drink driving the phrase, or is the phrase given to the drink because it's good, right? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't pick that up in the show. I wasn't sure. Maybe that's where the, the, the saying kind of came from. Like, like oh, this here, this is the bee's knees. Like, this is the best because the drink is the best. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Several Actually, suggested origins. Oh, okay. So it's, it couldn't it's, quite not, pinpoint it. it's not clear. Not clear. All right. What's the next phrase here, Joe? Well, we've got, we've got the berries. So that's also gets into the same category of, of phrase as the kit, the cat's whiskers and the bee's knees. It's like, yeah, that's the berries. There's right? like six of these, by the way. Yeah. There's like a lot of the same as above, same as above. <laughs> and I mean, I guess, I guess that's fair because if you, if you listen to speech today, you could probably say, well, those three or four phrases all mean the same thing. That's true. Uh, the whole kit and caboodle. That stuck around. I've heard that. Yeah. We still use this today. Uh, maybe not as, you know, as much as they probably did right. back then, but I'm uh, not sure what a caboodle is. I gotta be honest. I, uh, I didn't know it was kit when I was a kid. I remember hearing this. I didn't know it was kit and caboodle. Oh, misheard words. It was a misheard word when I was, when I was a younger, younger lad, I thought it was kitten. <laughs> the whole kitten caboodle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It absolutely makes 100% sense. And I may have been guilty of the same thing up until, up until including a few years back. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's Kit in Caboodle? Yeah. Like, huh. like, I thought oh. it was some kind of cat reference. Yeah. Uh, oh, which actually leads us into the next one. The cat's pajamas. The cat's pajamas. Was that a phrase for something that's good? Yeah. Same like, as above. Like, like, like oh, uh, the, like, it's like the bee's knees, the cat's pajamas, right? Yeah. Like, oh man, that's the cat's pajamas. Cat, wait, should... where did that even come from? I think we should bring some of these back. I like the cat's pajamas. Yeah, I mean, because I don't, I mean, because that's, I think that's something that would spark a, an interesting conversation if you said that in the middle of a conversation. Well, today, yeah, for sure. They're like, did you just say the cat's pajamas? Yeah, where could you catch, like, I mean, you catch somebody off guard with that anywhere, but like, you know, if you were uh, uh, talking about like a movie and you're like, oh man, like that movie is so good, it's the cat's pajamas. People would definitely like kind of give you a little head, like twist. Yeah. Like, what did you just say? Well, and he would remo remove his monocle and say, "Oh, jolly good phrase, <laughs> right? What? Oh, um, <laughs> I wonder where that even came from. Like, I don't know. Again, I'm of, looking at it. 
It's can it's a has an unclear origin. The cat's pajamas. I'm thinking like if I'm thinking like a 1920s person. Yeah. Why why would cat's pajamas be so good? Well, it's because I guess it's specifically this phrase was a, was used especially when something was highly sought after or fancy. So maybe maybe and I'm just I have nothing to back this up. Maybe maybe at the time cat's pajamas were considered a luxury item. It could be literally like that. I was kind of thinking that too. Like it might not have some like weird goofy origin. It might right. be a literal transla- translation yeah. to where there was perhaps pajamas that or were cats. made for cats and only I mean, like pe- the rich people bought them. Right. Well, people do that ridiculous stuff today. Put their cats in like, you know, hoodies and pajamas and sweaters and pants. Right. I mean, the cats hate it. If you've ever seen a cat dressed up that drives them nuts, but I, I, I can't imagine that the, the background is that complicated. No. Uh, the cream of the crop, again, meaning the best uh, cream it's of the something, crop. Something you still will still hear today. Yeah. Do you think that's like a, uh, like a, a reference with like making, like making butter, maybe? The cream of the crop? You know what? The cream of the crop. Let's find out. Let's plug it into the, let's plug it into the magic machine here and see what it tells me. Yeah, because like if you're making butter... But that's but but making butter is not really from a crop, that's from milk. So oh well, but that that is what it's from. Oh, it is. Yeah, it, it is based on the fact that when milk sat, cream rises to the top. So it's the oh, it's the best, top. Okay, it's the best tasting part of like the that they would use for like sweetener things like that. Okay, it's the best part of the milk. I guess I apparently that's where it comes from. Oh, all right, interesting. Well, see, we're learning. We're all learning together. I know. That's why I said this is we are going to change our association on the podcast host to instead of, I think we have it right now set for like, like le- leisure comedy culture or whatever. We're changing it to education. We are. We're going to education. <laughs> here we go. Uh, all right. So what's this next part here? Uh, some of the automobiles. Do we need to do that or do you want to move on to? Well, it just, it ba- I think the, basically the takeaway in this part is that in 19, in the 1920s, specifically 23, since that's what we're talking about, the shorter version of a lot of words didn't exist yet. Like you've got automobile, telephone, right? That using the longer, more proper, not, not that it's that much more proper, but proper phrase of things was 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 obviously extremely more common in 23 than it is in, or sorry, 1923 than right. it is in 2023. Yeah. Did they, uh, this might sound stupid, but they had phones back then? <laughs> they had uh, phones? Yeah, yeah, because I think, I think the telephone was the yeah, late Look it up. I can hear you typing. <laughs> I'm typing this one in. I'm typing this one in. Let's see. The telephone came about in, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could. Okay, sorry. I got it here. Alexander Graham's Bell's first telephone was actually operational in 1876. So, yes. Yeah, but when was the first, like, when was the first time, like, like a telephone, you know, system was in place though. Shortly after, as far as I know. Was it really? um, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, by, by 1889, at least from what I'm reading here, by 1889, you know, they had largely started rolling them out regularly. Were they phones like we know them? Like actual telephones? I mean, I, no. They were, I mean, they were, they worked. It was very similar the technology was similar. The tele- telephone technology is actually relatively old. They don't look the way that they did. Like, say, remember, like, you and I were first born in the 80s, and 
you know, 80s and 90s there, they had kind of, we were heading into that digital era. They were definitely more like the... Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm talking like, because if you think back to like, uh, like remember the show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? It was based in like yes. the like later 50s. Yes. Uh, or like, I guess it was like just in the 50s. But in that show, she worked as a telephone operator where they were still like, like pulling, you know, quarter inch jack cords yes. and switching them to this and that. And like, they had like whole stations for that. So that was like 30, 30 some years after this. So I was just curious if like, you could pick up a phone in 1923 and call somebody. You could, well, the, by 1915, they, the, they were relatively regular. Like not everybody had them, uh -huh. but they were relatively regular. And yes, they were a lot more manual, meaning when you first picked up, you would talk to an operator or something and you would have to ask to be connected to a certain, I don't know, I don't know what you want to call it, a certain number or certain address or something. And then they would, they would connect it on their side at that time. Yeah. You didn't like, so to answer your question earlier, you didn't, um, you didn't know, you couldn't spin the dial, so to speak, you said, and so, dial so you your like, own number. Like pick up and get the operator. Yes, the operator would then pick up. Because remember, it's not as crowded. It's not like the operator, you know, ha they weren't doing as many phones as they have today. So the operator had time to physically answer their end. Right, move cords around. Move cords around, <laughs> right. Because they're only taking like what? A handful of probably phone calls in an hour or so. Right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> we spent five minutes talking about the phones. <laughs> I know, right? And now, and now with the, the here, here's where we are with that today. I have phone wires here at my current home mm -hmm. that just sit there. We don't use them. Like no. there are phone hookups in this house that have never, that will probably never be hooked up again. Well, I mean, never say never, but uh, you know, probably never. <laughs> probably right. Probably never. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to, uh, let's see, just some uh, some 1923 uh, perhaps events or just historical moments that uh, were somewhat significant, I guess. Uh, so why don't you start us out here? I actually want to, this is probably the most interesting one to me. In, in 1923, was the, it was the first time that uh, everybody's, um, what will eventually become the, spark for world war ii right but everybody's um nemesis adolf hitler first came on to the stage in 1923 he attempted in 1923 that was that's where he attempted his overthrow of oh, the current that's when he got German. arrested wasn't it yes yeah. that was his original uh attempted and failed overthrow of the current uh german they didn't even call themselves the german government at the time they called themselves actually the German Reich or the Weimar, the Weimar Republic. But he staged a coup that ended up not working and ended up doing, uh, got a, got a convicted of treason, but was sentenced to six years uh, in prison. And where he, that's where he wrote Mein Kampf. Yeah. And if I remember, he didn't, he did not serve that much time though. I don't, I don't remember. I don't think he did. I don't think so. I, I mean, I don't have the time to read the entire history today, but I just thought it was interesting that this is what set him 1923's attempted for attempted coup of the German government is what set his infamy in like, motion, so to speak. Yeah, because he, uh, I remember he, I, I'm probably, I hope I'm, I'm going to get some of my facts wrong, I'm sure. Uh, I'm kind of digging, digging in the way back in my head. Uh, but he, it was like, it was years later that, I mean, there, there was a, a series of events, but when, when uh, the, whoever the, the president or the, or the what they call it, was it a president in Germany? 
Um, you know what? That's a great question. I'm not sure what it would have been considered at the time if it, if, they, if they had a leader of some like I don't they know what did, they did, but I can't leader. remember what they called him. Uh, but eventually, he uh, Hitler got to where he was like whatever their vice president is. Like he was like their second in command. Yeah. Uh, and then the president died, and then Hitler took over. But he was mm-hmm. such a uh, like an anti-Semitic. And yeah. he had like, yep. he had these like crazy illusions that, that Jews were, uh, needed to be eradicated. Right. Coming to get them, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, and that's what ended up like that whole thing, like everything snowballed and he was, the man was, the man was crazy. We don't need to make this whole episode about Adolf Hitler, but. No. It's just interesting that 1923 really started, the, right. Really started the dominoes to fall towards, uh, World War II and, what I think is interesting about this is that he was convicted of treason mm-hmm. for this attempted coup. It was sentenced to six years. Six years. For, for treason. Oh, I just found so, it. He spent nine months. Yeah, he only ended up doing nine months. So, like, and here's what, and we could, you know, we don't have, like you said, we don't have to step there. This push actually worked for him. Even though it was a failed coup, it popularized amongst the, at least amongst some of the population, not everybody, but at least some of the population and some of the government as well to the the Nazi party. So that and that I think that's why he ended up only doing nine months because people were so sympathetic of his cause that he ended up getting out earlier. Is the way I understand it. Now I could be wrong about that. I did not have a chance to read all of this before the show, but I believe that is the case. Yeah. It was uh yeah, we, we don't yeah, like I said, we don't need to do a whole a whole story on on Hitler. But no, it is a it is a fascinating you know, a horrible story. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, all right, let's, let's, let's keep moving on past, past okay. old Hitler. Right, November. See. I like November. The first issue of Time magazine. I oh. mean, I did not know. I did not realize Time was a hundred years old at this point. No, me neither. I guess, well, I guess if I subscribed to Time, we probably would have noticed that perhaps the hundredth anniversary edition might have come out this year. Oh, Seriously? I don't know. I'm assuming by, you know, by what we have in front of us, I'm guessing that's coming out. <laughs> do you know? Here's a question. Maybe me because I, I actually don't know. Does Time still even do a print version? Oh my gosh, I have no idea. Do they? I don't know. I don't know. Well, you can't get into so you can't get into their online thing anymore. So Time is cuz Time used to be like when I was a kid and a young adult, mm-hmm. Time was always the magazine that was in the doctor's office, right? Oh yeah, dude. You, it, they always had Time magazines everywhere. Yeah, I was going for the National Geographics. Oh, those those were good too cuz those were those are thick. Yeah. Yeah, they were uh, very interesting. Always had great photos in them. Uh just interesting interesting stuff. Uh but not like t- Time was definitely not like a teenager's, you know, good time to read. <laughs> You had to be real bored if you were like 15, right? Yeah. To pick up a Time magazine. Right. Or you go after the Highlights magazine and, and inevitably the uh, all the puzzles and, and games were already done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Highlights had those uh, those like find a, like find the pictures or hidden, yeah. hidden items. Yeah, and, and instead of people just pointing at them or remember where they were, someone in, the, someone in the doctor's office waiting room always circled it with a pen or a pencil before you did. Yeah. I'm like, damn you. Damn you. Yeah, it was it was great though when you did find one that was like relatively new and no one no one uh, had written all over it yet. Had just come out too. You could tell by the date too. Like if you were in there like in June and the magazine said like May or June on it, you were like yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. 
so yeah, so Time Magazine. Um, did you find out if they're, years old. if they're still if they're still printing? They have all I can find is their online, um, their online presence. Mm-hmm. I have I don't know subscribe digital digital print. Oh no, there is a print. Okay, good. There is a print edition. So if you still like leafing through Time Magazine, you can still do it today. There you go and celebrate their uh, their hundred year anniversary. Uh, all right, so let's move on to the fun facts, Joe. We got a, uh, yeah. about twenty minutes left. I figured that these uh, these five facts might take us that long to talk about. Uh, I'll start with the first one here. Shoot. So fun facts from nineteen twenty. Well, nineteen twenty. Oh, this one says it's twenties, but anyway. This so, says twice, but you know what? We can we can use enough. it. We can it's use it. Enough. It's fine. Uh, it says to get women to smoke cigarettes in the nineteen twenties. Tobacco companies devised a campaign to equate cigarettes as torches of freedom. (laughs) The campaign helped women smoking jump from 5% in 1923 to 18% in 1935. So it took took some time, but their little torches of freedom campaign uh, got a lot more women to smoke cigarettes. Yeah, I mean, geez, I, 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 I guess before that, that they they didn't have as much freedom before that. I mean, right? It must have been a must have been a heck of a successful campaign. That's it, a pretty big jump. Yeah, man. They like there's like a threefold jump. Uh, five five about five percent to about eighteen yeah. percent. by 1935. Yeah. So they trip huh. they tripled their uh, their smokers in a matter of like a decade. Huh. Uh, Jeez. Okay. Yeah. So do you remember like uh, do you remember the the old the old timey like like doctor cigarette commercials oh yes and you can still like if you if you google if you use google images you can still find some images of these old ads yeah i'm actually looking one up right now here we go all right let me turn this up hang on a second oh that's yourself having a mighty busy time keeping up with him time out for many men of medicine usually means just long enough to enjoy a cigarette (laughs) and because they know what a pleasure it is to smoke a mild good tasting cigarette they're particular about the brand they choose. In a repeated national survey, doctors in all branches of medicine, doctors in all parts of the country were asked, what cigarette do you smoke, doctor? <laughs> Once again, the brand named most was Camel. Yes, according to this repeated nationwide survey, more doctors smoke Camels than any other cigarette. <laughs> Why not change to Camels for the next 30 days? and see what a difference it makes in your smoking enjoyment. See how camels agree with your throat. See how mild and good <laughs> kind of weird. a cigarette can be. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> I, that's, you know what's, what's wild about that, though, is that it's so pleasant. The way it's communicated to you. It is. It is. Like, more, do- like, the, what, what a, what a ploy. Uh, yeah. Like, what, what a better spokesperson to smoke cigarettes than a right. doctor. <laughs> I know. It's it's I mean well my doctor smokes camels well, on his breaks. They must be fine. <laughs> right. Pick up a pack today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen I've seen a few of those commercials actually where it's like like four out of five doctors smoke smoke camels for the smooth you can draw. Still, you can still find like the print images from things like Time magazine and such that ran those advertisements. Like my nine out of ten doctors prefer, you know, camel or something yeah. like that. Salem's. 
Yeah, right. Or and and they had very like we're getting way off of 1923 here, but there was very specific difference in the men versus women marketing when it came to cigarettes too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I'm I would not be surprised that in 1923 they were marketing a very specific type of cigarette to women as opposed to men. Yeah. Well, because like the like the cowboy cigarette was always like the Marlboro. You know, yeah, like you're the right. Marlboro man. Yeah. And it was very rugged and, you know, man's cigarette. Yeah. And uh yeah, the the women's cigarettes were always like delicate and and they had like those like long like like pencil stick things holding the That's right. They were long and thin. Yeah. <laughs> And it was like a it was like a, a thing that you stuck the cigarette in the end of, which oh, made yeah. you, which made your cigarette like a foot long. The Disney cartoons and the Disney cartoons, all the every time the the villain was a female, she always had like the long pencil, yeah, uh, yeah. cigarette uh, stick, whatever it is. It's weird that it was such an accepted thing, you know, all those years ago. That uh, I mean, oh, hell, even you know, thirty years ago, but uh, yeah, to where they would have uh, character. Matter of fact. Uh, do actually, I'm gonna look this one up real quick too. Hang on, sure. right here on the show. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see, Flintstones, Winston commercial. What? Yep, this is real. What? Um, turn this. All right, she's mowing the grass. Here we go. She's beating on her rug. They sure work hard, don't they, Bonnie? Yeah. I hate to see them work so hard. Yeah, me too. Um, let's go around back where well, we can't see him. Another Gee, we ought to do something, Fred. Okay. How's about taking a nap? Hey, I got a better idea. Let's take a Winston break. That's it. <laughs> Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Winston. There you go. He's Barney just pulled out a pack of Winston's. <laughs> out of his caveman oh, shirt. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonder that they didn't, uh, that that, I don't think that survived up until I was still watching the Flintstones in like the eighties. Oh gosh, no. no, 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 right. I, I, I'm pretty sure that was out of there by then. <laughs> yeah, man, they were selling cigarettes with cartoons. And that's what I was saying. Like, it was so weird that, that, that it made, it made Disney movies that people, that cartoon characters would smoke in the, in the movies all uh, the time. Yeah. But not only yep. did they, did they, you know, smoke in movies, they advertised Winston cigarettes with, Via beloved cartoons. cartoon characters that kids yeah. watch like that's that's some like pretty pretty shady advertising there i do but i do appreciate the fact and that that they went what they go that behind the house to, to sneak in a cigarette yeah <laughs> yeah well the wife's doing all the yard work yeah we're doing all the work <laughs> oh, oh man. man all right so 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 let's just blame 1923 for 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 uh setting the um setting the stage for that one right all right, so uh, next one. Actually, we'll, yeah, let's do this one. Okay, we have time. Uh, the distress call, um, Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. I didn't realize came from had a different origin. Why don't you explain it? Because I'll probably mispronounce this. Uh, was let me see this. So the distress call, Mayday, 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 was first used by Frederick Stanley Mockford, a senior radio operator in London, uh, because most of the radio traffic was between London and Paris. Mayday comes from a French word. Medir in Vene, Vene Medir, which mm. comes, come help me. Okay, so that's interesting. So, so if they're just, if I mean, they're just saying help me over the radio, it sounds like Medir, Medir. So they just, oh, yes, Medir. So it became Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. Right. Oh, that's so interesting because 
I mean, I never really thought about the origin of that word. I just figured it had been around for a couple of hundred years, like some kind of like, you know, emergency word, right? Yeah. No. Nope. Oh, that's came super from Madeira. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Wow. Okay. And so if you're wondering how we're spelling, like we may be even saying it wrong, but it's M. It's a French word. It's M apostrophe A-I-D-E-R. Midair. So, yeah, midair. <laughs> midair. Mid mid <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's terrible. And uh, France has now sued us. Right. We've lost all <laughs> French listeners. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So next one. Um, oh, this one's sad and also interesting and I don't want to say funny. It's funny in a, in a, I don't know, a sad way. Well, okay. And also too, remember it happened a hundred years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Frank Hayes, he became the first ever jockey to win a horse race despite being dead. Hmm. How you hmm. ask. <laughs> yeah. How does this work? Uh, he died, uh, unfortunately from a heart attack mid race, but somehow his body stayed strapped onto the horse and crossed the finish line in first place, beating the twenty to one odds. Wow! He couldn't even. I mean, that's, he couldn't even celebrate. No, that's. I mean, I. That's really. It's a really interesting story. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to make gonna, light of it. Yeah, but it's still an interesting story. Like the fact that he didn't even get th like somehow like the way he was strapped in, like he, when he I guess was was no longer conscious or aware, he did not get thrown off and rode the horse to victory. Do you think they knew? Like, do you think do you think the announcers of the horse race like kind of noticed, or or do you think they're like, uh, they're like, oh, Frank Hayes wins. He's like, why is he still why why is he laying on the back of his horse? <laughs> <laughs> hey, McGillicuddy, what's wrong with Frank? Frank's not getting up the horse. Oh man, yeah, I, I'm sure that, you know it was probably pretty horrible when they realized that poor dude died yeah. on the back of the horse. Yeah, I I mean it's a it is an interesting I'd say slightly comedic story that I mean. Congratulations, Frank Hayes. If no one has wished you congratulations yet, let, let us on the Gen Xer podcast to be first. Yes. Way to go. And, all right, why don't you do the next one? Because this one's hilarious. All right. <laughs> A man calling himself the human fly. Hilarious and sad uh, again, but go ahead. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is, this is definitely another slightly funny, slightly sad story. A man calling himself the human fly asked county officials in Murfreesboro, I think it's Murfreesboro, Tennessee, if he could climb the courthouse unassisted. Okay. Sure. Mm -hmm. Given permission, the man completed his climb. <laughs> so it was stop there. So, so, you know, given permission, the man completed his climb. Right. Full stop. No. Wait, wait. So he's like, "Hey, you care if I climb that courthouse?" And they're like, "Um, do you want any like assistance?" He's like, "No." Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Sure. <laughs> why? Why, sure. why would he be like? That's ah, fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Imagine that today. Someone's just come walks along the street by city hall, and they're like, "Can I?" Can I climb City Hall? Like, eh, it's 1923. Go ahead. Sure, go ahead. Okay, thanks. All right? right so, like, yeah, so, all right, so given permission, uh, what, what, happened? what yeah, happened next? It, the man completed his climb, but fell 40 feet to his death as he started down. That's... A collection of $12 was taken up for his burial. So all the, uh, all the onlookers who were like, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, look. Yeah, like now he's climbing city hall or no, he's climbing, he's climbing the courthouse. Like, is that Frank? That's the human fly. It's Frank. And they, right, uh, they're and all they're watching him. Gathering around. He gets to the top. He's probably like got his arms up there. He's like, Hey, he's like, I did it. Look at me way up here, 40 feet up. And, uh, starts coming back down. He's like, Whoop. and 
Uh-huh. Boom. <laughs> I like how you you had. The, I love the added sound effects. <laughs> Poor Frank. Ah, oh, dude, that's sad. And twelve bucks. I mean, is that all it took? I guess. But uh, yeah. So they're like they're walking around with like Frank's hat, and they're like, um, like, could you throw a, you throw anything in here? We got to bury Frank. Shilli- shillings for Frank. <laughs> shillings. <laughs> a penny for Frank, please. People are probably like, mm, no, 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 no. Wait, we don't know if this guy's name is Frank. Did we just say Frank for no reason? Was it Frank? Oh, no, oh, that's, no. that was the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> or they didn't, they didn't is, say what this guy's name was. No, this guy just called himself the, the human, human fly. fly. Yeah. I, yeah, well, I mean, I, I would say that, unfortunately, <laughs> he only had a half of his, um, only had half of his, uh, I, I'm making light of the situation, but he only had half of his plan down. <laughs> yes, he did. He only, yeah, he only was like, I know how I can get up there. But they always do say, coming yes. down is always riskier than I, going up. I can't even imagine trying to... Yeah, because, right, going up, you can... Well, you can see all your, the, all your handholds and footholds easier. Yep. The physics just work better going up than they do coming down. Mm-hmm. Yep, so. All right, well, if you were wondering what $12 is worth today, is 212 So they collected $212 in his name for his burial. So mm. I, I can't imagine it was... um. I can't imagine it was very elaborate. No, probably not. Probably just a couple of cowboys with a shovel. Like, <laughs> Cowboy. Here's, I'm like, like, here's 12 bucks. Uh, all right. So uh, the last one here, uh, Frederick Banting uh, discovered insulin in 1923. He refused to put his name on the patent. Uh, he felt it was unethical for a doctor to profit from a discovery that would save lives. Oh, very huh. noble. Uh, Banting's co-inventors, uh, this guy, this guy, this guy, sold the insulin patent to the University of Toronto for one dollar. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, man, good for them. I know you would hope to see something similar today, but I mean, insulin has had a profound effect on the last one hundred years, and yeah, literally. And, and 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 they could have been rich. They could have been filthy rich, at least for 1923, if they wanted to be, and they didn't. They just wanted everyone to have it, which is amazing. Yeah. So the, yeah, they they made a a huge discovery in uh, in in combating, you know, because people were probably dying left and right back then of uh, infection. Well, I mean, it, yeah, insulin. Um, oh, this was insulin. I'm sorry. I'm- <laughs> Uh, they were probably dying left and right of infection too, right. by the way. But insulin was for for uh, I think combats combats diabetes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking or of if you're, uh, if you're Wilford Brimley, it's diabetes. Diabetes. Right. What was I? Th- I was thinking of the. Uh, uh, oh God, I'm having like. A oh, total, I know what you're thinking. Total of. brain fart. You're thinking of antibiotics. Yeah, right? but it's like the. Uh, I'm thinking of penicillin. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, penicillin antibiotics fighting, which is a antibacterial yeah. uh, medication. Yeah, so insulin, yeah. So they, uh, I wonder how they discovered insulin. Well, it was 1921. But I actually have it pulled up. 1921 was when these three individuals first discovered, whatever, created, discovered, invented insulin. But 1923, the reason why it came up on our research was because that's when they passed the, um, that's when they passed the patent to the University of Toronto for, for basically, there's, they had a couple different pat or a few different patents, but they sold each patent for a dollar. Hmm. Well, that is awesome. Um, yes. Okay. Thank so you, just, Frederick Banting. Just out of curiosity, I looked up uh, when 
was penicillin discovered. Okay. And it was actually discovered only five years later in 1928. Uh, really? It was dis- uh, discovered by uh, Dr. Alexander Fleming returning from a holiday to find mold uh, growing on a Petri dish of something. Okay. Uh, he noticed that the mold seemed to be preventing the bacteria around it from growing. And uh, that's how he discovered that uh, penicillin kills bacteria. What's so fascinating about so many inventions in the past hundred years, and probably could do a whole episode on this, is that so many things were discovered by accident or mistake or happened to, they happened to be researching something else and this and XYZ happened instead of ABC. So, So I'm not surprised to find that that, find out that is the case because so many things the past hundred years have come along through that through that uh, type of discovery. Yeah, actually, we should do that. Uh, so I'm finding articles right now. It says nine successful inventions made by accident. The slinky, posted notes, Play-Doh. All cool things. Yeah. All really cool and fun things to play with. Velcro, super glue, and, and penicillin. Uh, there you go. Um, yeah, we should do some of that. would be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, so, all right, man, we're actually about at the hour mark. You want to, you want to call this one? You want to wrap it? I think, I think this was a very educational episode and I hope, I hope those listening found it to be the same. Yeah. I found some interesting things in there and I also yep. figured out that, uh, I got insulin and penicillin backwards. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You'll never forget it from here on out. Nope. <laughs> so, all right, guys, thank you for, uh, tuning in again and we'll see you on the next one. Talk to you next time. <laughs>